Oh, we're back. <laughs> back in hard. a big way. Back hard in a big way. <laughs> no one likes the tune of podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera, and I just got the cable to my headphones stuck around my wheel of my chair. So <laughs> that is going good. Life's going yeah. good. Yep, yep. Yep. I'm I'm yep. Daryl Wong. I've had a handful of technical difficulties leading up to uh our current meeting here, but yep. uh nothing else matters because I made it. I got a hard out at three o'clock because I'm getting Good. some outdoor time. Oh so, excellent. Yep. Really excited. Really excited. I've <laughs> been looking forward all day. So this is so this is how many days in uh in the pen over oh, here? This is day eight, I think. Uh-huh. Been inside. <laughs> Eight All out day. of ten. Eight out of ten. Yo, you're basically done here. I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward uh-huh. to being out. Uh, today's Monday here, and then I have tomorrow, and then Wednesday I get to leave and get on uh-huh. the flight back to Auckland. So exciting! Oh man, I'm ready. <laughs> and um, even more the ready uh, to. Uh, because I had to watch a Fast and Furious movie while I was in lockdown. Not only could I not go outside or do anything, but I also had to, on top of that, watch The Fast and the Furious, the first installment of the Fast and Furious franchise mm-hmm. from 2001. Um, still like this movie. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, Jess and I, we're not doing anything. We've got like somewhat of an extended weekend here. We're in, yeah, like OG COVID isolation. We got nothing to do. So, yeah, yeah I turned this one on without any announcement, and uh, it was actually a very nice, very nice watch. Yeah, and I, I love, I was like very nostalgic. Um, and the movie sort of helps that because around this time, like color, like in sort of this intense color grading was a big, was a big um, trend. And this movie has this like brilliant warm orange glow to it the whole time, you know, and uh, and and that also like sort of triggers this like flashback nostalgia feeling of like oh yeah you sort of see it through like these rose colored glasses of like how good it is and how warm it is and nostalgia it's sort of like just just like crawling into a nice warm bath watching this mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, for me it was the soundtrack, and I think. Over the variety of different watch-throughs we've had, the soundtrack either sounds terrible or it's awesome. And I'm not sure if I'm ever going to have the opportunity to um, like designate a walk-on song for something. But mm-hmm. if, when I do, if and when I do sort of have this sort of thing, I have to choose a song from this soundtrack. Because they're so good. They're very pump-up. Really? Pump-up-y. And yeah, I would definitely choose one of these. I looked at the track list for this. I don't recognize any of the... None. I can't can't associate the name of the song to the point in the movie, but if I hear it, I definitely know where we're at. I know that, like, I don't know nothing about it when they're, like, um, when they're raiding Johnny Tran's uh, house. That's, like, the one that stands (laughs) out the most to me. You know? That and like there's yeah. the there's the score one that's like that's like wah, 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 wah. like when the <laughs> helicopter's flying away. It's yeah. like really, really good. Yeah. I like yeah, yeah I like I like reading uh Johnny Trans. I like it when they're 
uh, breaking into um, El Gato Negro, like um, they're breaking in the first garage. Mm-hmm. Hector's Garage. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I like all of them, honestly. So, yeah, good soundtrack. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we've given a soundtrack shout out to Tokyo Drift at some point, but not this yeah. one. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty kicking. It's pretty kicking. <laughs> it's good. I think my walk up song like would be probably the Don Omar tune from Five. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I know some like professional baseball players use that already. Some guys already use that. Yeah, right? they use I it. Think... But I think I'd, I'm not gonna like try to rock the boat. You know, <laughs> I'm like, listen, it's a good song. It's tried and true. It's proven its worth as a walk up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna also do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, what 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 do you like about this movie? Um, I mean, sound is good. Look is good. It's. It's a classic. Yeah. I did have some some questions, which I'm not sure if we've asked before. Um, first off, what happens to the driver? So, right, they coordinate um, the driver of the semi-truck. The first they heist or the second? In any of the heists, what happens after they... So they bring three to four... Three cars? Mm-hmm. Four, three cars up. They corner the semi-truck in mm-hmm. order to slow him down or control his speed at least. He, he gets a double harpoon. First one is to take out the glass. Second one, attach the seat. Mm-hmm. And then somebody jumps into the cabin. Sure. After they enter there, what happens to the guy? They just knock him out? My, I think they toss him out the door. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just leave him on like Route 66 or whatever. Yeah, yeah toss him out the door. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, and I, and not, I don't think everybody, I mean, did everybody have a cell phone in 2001? Would he be able to, like, get help is try, sort of what I'm trying to say. Or are they leaving him to sort of get stranded in the desert? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're using walkie-talkies, so they're not yeah. using cell phones. But no. cell phones certainly exist. I think they're, yeah. it flip, it's flip, flow, flip phone era at the time. Yeah, and I think maybe even, like, the start of it i can't remember i got my first phone when i was maybe 16 Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what how old you were uh so yeah like my parents would we had a two family phones that they would hand to me when i was like 10 to 12 used to go whoa middle school sports and we would go to like away games and stuff they would hand me this phone and my job was to call them when I was approximately 30 minutes from getting back to school. Wow. And, okay. Um, I was terrible at it. I don't know. Like, it was it, bad just the it. idea. <laughs> I was just like, well, I think I just did no directions enough to know how far away I was from anything. Or I would forget. I would fall asleep or some, something. And yeah. I end up at school. So I was bad at that. But 10 to 12 is when I started having a cell phone, like, placed on my person. And it was, was flipped. Or was it just, like, a this brick was, Nokia thing? Was, yeah. Brick with a thumb antenna off the top oh nice nice i got my first phone when i was 16 but that's i think that was late because i like resisted it for a long time i like didn't want one um mostly because i was like this is a device for you to keep tabs on me like Mm -hmm. i'm not interested in that people (laughs) like i don't understand like you're presenting it as if it's something like special for me to have like this is not a benefit for me this is not like Mm -hmm. a boon for me right this is an accessory for you to be able to like 
check in with me and like set rules around me checking in at nighttime and not, you know, and picking up my, you have to pick up your phone. You have to. So I was uh, not into that. So I resisted yeah. for a long time until it was just like demanded. I was like, they're like, mm. you have to keep this if you want to go out. I thought so, that it was like, I mean, I never had a strong desire to communicate with people in my class <laughs> outside of school time. No. No. I mean, I had like AI, AOL Instant Messenger once in a while. Uh-huh. That I, sort oh, of fell out of true. fashion after, I don't know, maybe 13, mm. 13, 14, and then it sort of like the decline was there. Uh-huh. So, but you're right. I never really, I, and if I did, I called them from my home phone. Yeah. I had a lot of home phone calls. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Although I will say I, I did a lot of instant messaging. Instant messaging. Right, right. A lot of that. I aming, as they would call mm. it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, AOL had a had a thing going on. They had a monopoly on that I am market for a while. Yeah. If you're not on AIM, as they would call it, um, you know, <laughs> what are you even doing? Do you remember your like your AIM screen name? I had a lot of them. I was oh, you had constantly reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. I was. Originally, DN Wong ninety nine at AOL.com. That was Sick. my classic uh, family. That was my birth. That was my birth screen name. Yeah, given to yeah, me by my family. Your Christian account. screen name. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. And then <laughs> in my early teens, I was like, "That's super not cool to have my name." I'm gonna go with something uh, that's really a lot more me. I'm gonna go with Spider Man eighty eight one two. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was pretty cool and then once i got on aim aim and you could just make whatever screen yeah. names you wanted i was slip and slide two three sixty because i was into um like and one street ball yeah and of course slip yeah. and, and slide. one was huge and one yeah, was huge, yeah. huge. <laughs> So that was yeah, that was my main one. I had a a handful of like side ones that yeah. really didn't take off. Well, I had one consistently for my whole AIM experience and it was mm -hmm. it was <laughs> it's so bad. It was like EWAC 99. <laughs> What's an EWAC? No. It was a misspelling of the word Ewok because I was uh -huh. like it, I was like I think I got it in 99, which is why the 99 was there. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> and then I just misspelled the word Ewok because I was like into like Star Wars or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, E-W-A-K, e e Ewok. Uh -huh. um, so really it was like Ewak 99 was it for me. <laughs> that was it. And I had that for like four years and then that was it. Uh -huh. I not use it anymore. But that was the first iteration of my uh, beautiful uh, Gone in 60 Seconds inspired Go Baby Go password. Oh, so my password. Cool. E Ewok 99, password, go, baby, go. <laughs> yeah. Hack me if you want to. If you want to sign into if my you want to hack, account. If you want to hack my AIM account. <laughs> go ahead. Have at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, those good times. And, like, the nostalgia for AIM is, uh, is there. Um, and this movie, I did see. I finally looked up what double clutching is mm. do you know what it is 
I looked it up at some point as well. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the idea. Isn't it the idea of like uh, leaving, like staying in neutral for a little bit, popping mm-hmm. the clutch in between shifts? Mm-hmm. And so it allows you're trying you to, to match revs as best yeah. amount right. possible. It allows right. you to match revs as best possible. So like, you know, in a manual car, you're like, mm-hmm. that drop back is a drop in revs, right? And mm-hmm. you, to, to reduce, that slows you down, basically. Because it's like then catching up to the revs it was at. To reduce that drop down, this is and this is from thirty seconds of googling. So mm-hmm. I know there's some couple car people who listen to this. <laughs> don't, don't, like, don't write in. <laughs> um, in order to reduce that drop down, you basically so if you're shifting from like fourth to fifth, you put in the clutch, you pull it out of fourth. And then you rev the, you let go of the clutch and rev the engine in neutral for a, mm-hmm. for like, you like, vroom, like, for like a second. And then you clutch back in. So that's the double and then hit back into fifth and then keep going. So that little neutral pop of rev gets it up again so that it doesn't, and you can do this super fast, like just pop, pop, pop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like the rev will not drop as much as it would otherwise if you're just holding the clutch taking out granny shifting all the way into fifth while the clutch is losing red well clutch in and is losing revs mm-hmm. so that's um my my layman's explainer for that um are, are any of your current cars uh, manual my triumph is manual yeah yeah do you drive that regularly uh i haven't in a few months because it's, it's here in auckland i'm um, mm-hmm. hoping to get it going again very shortly why yeah Fire it up. I mean, you got to yeah. practice your. Uh, I got to practice my double, double clutching. I should be double clutching. Your heel toe. Yeah. yeah. I should be double clutching. Um, um, I yeah. spoke. I spoke last week. I think on or off air about trying to get a Subaru Baja. Yeah. Yeah. It's so uh, timely or untimely. I watched a YouTube video of a guy yeah, who need, bought we need one. An update. Yeah. He bought one online. Incredible rust bucket. And Oof. just he, it was a it was a twenty five minute video that crushed my dreams, and no. it's not I mean, a, never it's not show a contender. It, no, never show it to Jess. Obviously, it's still a contender. <laughs> never show that video to Jess. The thing you got to do, well, the thing you got to probably understand is that like these cars have been driven on like saltwater beaches for the past you know twenty five years or whatever. Yeah, and so probably all their undercarriages are like rusted to shit. This one on YouTube was terrible, pristine on the outside, mm-hmm. white, two tone, beautiful undercarriage, just like shit. Yeah, what's that? What's that? Uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones, um, uh, crustacean, yeah. like that's what it looked like mm-hmm. under there. Mm-hmm. I am the sea. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the Baja. If the yeah. Baja had a voice, it would be Davy Jones from that movie. Exactly. Um, that's so. a bummer, man. Like, I still think you should get one. But do you have any other like models in contention? So we were just looking at Volkswagen Alltrack, which is a four-wheel drive station wagon. Sounds like a snoozer. Yeah, it comes in manual though. Which is a, Sounds like there's a, a blue snoozer. one. <laughs> Sounds like a snooze machine. PT snoozer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Could be fun though. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah. You need something with a little flash, you know? I mean. Something with a little class. Yeah. It's a little, this one's a little bit of a sleeper, but I'm kind of into it. The station wagon has fallen far out of grace in favor yeah. of the SUV. Yeah. So I like the uncoolness of the station wagon. I mean, I like that idea too. Yeah. Everybody's just driving. The station wagon has been supplanted by the Subaru Crosstrek. Like mm-hmm. that's a station wagon now, you know? Yeah. And um, not only is the Subaru Crosstrek not a car that I'm particularly fond of, but um, it's got less space and it's like not as good. Mm-hmm. You know, you need that roomy, roomy station wagon that you can sleep in the back of. If necessary. If necessary. If you get stuck yeah. on a traffic jam on I-95 in Virginia <laughs> for 26 hours, you got to be able to sleep in the back of it. Did you see that? I didn't see. I like heard a little bit about it. What happened? Why did they get stuck? Okay. Apparently the roads were a little icy or slippery and like these three trucks at the same time couldn't get up the hill. <laughs> And just got stuck at, like, the bottom of this hill. Uh-huh. And since they're, like, giant 18-wheeler trucks, they, like, couldn't get them off the road. They couldn't, like, tow them because it was too slippery to, like, tow these giant 18-wheeler trucks anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this traffic jam just got backed up overnight in the snow for fucking 26 hours. Like, a oh day. Oh, my in God. It was crazy. This senator, Tim Kaine, who, like, I don't know if you remember him. He was, like, Hillary Clinton's running mate in 2016. Okay. He was stuck in the traffic jam and was like live tweeting updates from, from fucking Virginia. It's crazy. I mean, it seems like kind of dangerous. That it's, I mean, at a certain point, it's like dangerous, you know? You don't have yeah. like heat. People were obviously at the point where they were just like turning their car on for 20 minutes, blasting the heat, and then mm-hmm. like turning it off for an hour and like doing yeah. that all day, all night, basically, because it was just like too cold. So, um, I wouldn't yeah. want to be there. I wouldn't want to be there running out of gas. I'm glad all those people are safe now, but fuck, man. Yeah. Scary the scariest shit. part is not knowing when it's going to end. Yeah. Like, totally. knowing 26 hours, like, yeah, you could probably think your way through that, but yeah. starting and like, you know, two hours, six hours, 12 hours go by, you're just like, I'm in bad shape over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bad shape. Speaking of bad shape, you know what's in bad shape? When they're at the barbecue, I noticed this in the background. <laughs> Of this movie today. Uh-huh. When they're at the barbecue, they're like got a grill going. You can see the grill in the back. And like that grill is on fire. Like I don't know who the special effects guy was, but like there's like four feet of flames like flaring up in front of these people on the grill. Like, this is not a conducive environment for cooking food at all, gentlemen. Like mm-hmm. It looks so dangerous. It's like a cut-off rusty barrel with four feet. It's just a fireball, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happened there or, like, what the special effects dude was doing when that happened. But somebody should have talked to them and got, like, a better mm-hmm. take of the grill in the back. I mean, I guess, like, it's fun to see all the flames, but, like, why do you need that, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, there's only we, – yeah, we see also a flaming hot barrel – barbecue in fast five where mm-hmm. um tago, tago are, yeah are talking shit but i mean the thing they have in common is that dominic toretto was there or, well that that's true but this was like that one is at least like yeah it's flaring up because they're like flipping things and like grease is dripping down right and the grease is mm-hmm. this was like a, <laughs> a fire pit it was like crazy 
<laughs> it got out of hand. They must have taken the like the fire extinguisher to it, like the second after the thing cut. It's nuts, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody on set was keeping a straight face here, but they were all worried about it. And yeah. 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 I mean, that stuff is hard to do, you know? Like, even in the Fast Five version, it's not like you can, in the movies, like, just set up a fire pit and get some coals going and start cooking food on set. Like, this whole thing has to be a controlled environment. So, Mm -hmm. you've got a gas rig to the thing. You've got burners. You've got coal, like, fake coal that won't burn over top. And so, you can turn up and down the flame. Then you've got... Um, like prop food that's already cooked that's like sitting on top of there that they have to flip and then they have to have somebody it like, has to come and baste it somebody has to sort of baste it with squirt. some fake, fake stuff so it's not actually catching fire like it's water probably that's dripping off of it so it's not actually catching fire so then like you're like flipping this fake wet food and the water's dripping down and someone has to like turn up the flare on the thing you know has to be able to like flare it's a really complicated rig kind of I mean, mm-hmm. they do it all the time, but it's just like, anyway, that's some movie magic secrets for you guys. <laughs> All those things are done. <laughs> nice. Um, and then the other nice thing about the barbecue that I noticed is when Vince cools down and comes back, which like, hey, good on him. Mm-hmm. Right. We give Vince a lot of shit and like for not being able to handle his stuff or whatever, but like good on him. For like, sometimes I got to take a second. Sometimes something irrational is pissing me off that shouldn't be pissing me off. Like the other night when I was at my mother's house, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. my mom, just for her whole life or my whole life, just refuses to buy hamburger buns. Just, <laughs> she just doesn't buy she Like for some reason she has like a moral quandary with hamburger buns. Just will never buy them, right? Mm-hmm. And, um. Uh, and, and so I asked her one night what, what, you know, what she was thinking about having for dinner, what she wanted for dinner. She was like, oh, well, we're, well I was thinking we should have hamburgers. I started defrosting the beef. I was like, mm-hmm. like a light, a little switch went off in my head. I was like, <laughs> do we, do we have hamburger buns? She's like, no, I have English muffins, which I think will be good. I was like, <laughs> I like it, I understand it was like it was fine, right? Like mm-hmm. I understand that's like a fine way to do it. Some people use toast, you know, for hamburgers or whatever. <laughs> like I had I've had plenty of like toast hamburgers when I was growing up due to the lack of buns, but for like a like something flipped in my head and I just like went berserk, right? Like I didn't obviously do that at her, but I was like I got to excuse myself for a minute. Internally, <laughs> Internally like I gotta excuse myself for a minute. I'm sorry. I know, uh-huh. like, logically, I'm being a little shit. I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm an adult now. I have to, like, grow up and eat an English muffin with my hamburger. Like, it's okay. It's not gonna kill uh-huh. you. You're just hungry. All this sort of stuff gotta go through my head for me to, like, take a minute. I had to call, you know, I call somebody, be like, my fucking mother's fucking <laughs> But, you know, after, like, a minute, like a calm down. I'm like, all right, not a big deal. I'll just eat the mm-hmm. you know. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I just have like this irrational thing well up in me and I gotta take a second. Right? So I don't like take it out on somebody I love. Mm-hmm. Um and like good on Vince for like understanding that in himself emotionally, right? Of like I actually instead of like causing a scene here and you know, all in front of friends and family, I'm gonna actually just like excuse myself from this situation for a second. 
Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can yell at me about walking away, but you know, it's better than the alternative at this moment for me. You know, this is just, it may not be perfect, but this is how I handle my emotions in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's pretty mature. I think that's pretty mature of him. Um, and when he comes back, the nice thing is when he comes back, he comes, he sort of sulks in and he's like humble and he gives Vin like a little smooch on the back of his bald head. And I mm-hmm. really like that. I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> Yeah, he just rubs his head a little bit. Goes, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, for sure, good on Vince for taking a moment to like step back. But I also think it speaks to the sacredness of the of the Sunday barbecue, right? Which Dom takes time to explain. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's true, and I think that applies to a lot of different situations like bringing um you know bringing hostility to the family family dining table is uh is no go it's a no go you don't bring that shit there you know right and if you got to take a minute and excuse yourself so that you're not bringing that to the table i think that's i think that's wise Mm -hmm. did you have family meals when you were growing up that were like important like that like that were like here Um, we go I mean, I ate dinner with my family every single day. Mm-hmm. And we would have like bigger like family gatherings mm-hmm. over food, but it never really I don't know. I think with my relatives there was never really any drama stuff. So we were never in a situation where somebody needed to like cool down or take it away. But um yeah. I mean I think yeah, yeah I think the during dinner is like pretty civil the after dinner is where you can go and yeah get wild if you want to yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) go wild i mean i kind of remember that i i remember my mother not liking when we like fought at the table like that was Mm -hmm. not a thing you you were supposed to do and we like my brother and i were younger than my sister by a significant there's like a big gap and my brother and i are very close in age and then there's a big gap to my sister who's older and so when we were little we ate like they ate separately and then the two of us, I guess we, we ate earlier and we would like sit in the kitchen and my mom would feed us. But then when we got a little older, it was like the four of us. And then on the weekends, the five of us, like my dad would be there on the mm-hmm. weekends. And we'd all sit down at the table and we'd all have like a fucking fork on our left and uh, with a napkin under it and, a, you know, knife on the right. And my mom, we'd have to like wait. Waiting was like a big shit. It was like, mm-hmm. don't eat until like mom who kicked the meal, like picks up her fork and starts eating or whatever. Um, yeah, she was, it was like pretty serious every day. Uh, and now I can't, I cannot start till everybody got their food. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Which I think is probably a good thing to have ingrained. In. Right. Yeah. So I think that like the more. You know, I think the older I go, like the the idea that like the food has to come from somewhere, you know, somebody had to go and like prepare for this, even if totally. it, even at like, even it boils down to like a takeout sort of thing, like somebody had to think of this, take initiative. And in a lot of cases, like spend time in the kitchen to craft something to think of yeah. it. And like, I think that's worth like, and the waiting, yeah, the waiting to start didn't really make sense to me until... Um. Yeah, I like spent a 
good chunk of my everyday life, like trying to figure out what to craft. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hear you, you know, like yeah. I cook most of the time when I'm at home with my wife yeah. and like, you know, if I put a plate in front of her and she would start, she doesn't, but if she would like, you know, if I put a plate in front of her and they just start going at it, I understand like people grow up differently and like, I don't freak about it, but like a little part of me is like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, unless it's like a self-serve barbecue or like burgers and dogs thing outside. It's a different situation, but. Yeah. Um, do you know the guy who is at, who's also a cop at, the, like, not Ted Levine, not Brian, and not, um, what's his name? Biggins? Bilkins? Bilkins. Not Bilkins. Mr. I like the realism. Yeah. That guy. Do we know his name? I don't know. I was just trying to look it up real quick, but I don't know his name. I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't have his name either. But um, here's the deal. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really don't like him. And he says some real fucked up shit. Yeah. Um, and maybe Muse is his name. He says some real fucked up shit, and I really don't like it. And, uh, yeah, Muse is the character's name, played by Stanton hmm. Rutledge. Um, some stuff jumped out at me today that was like, what the f Like, he says something like, Brian's pitching, like, maybe Hector's crew is the one doing the heist. And he goes, hmm. Latinos with a spear gun? Give me a break. I was like, <laughs> what the First of all, what the fuck? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. All right. You racist piece of shit. But second of all, everybody has a spear gun in this franchise. Everybody. Spear guns are <laughs> ubiquitous. Okay? Uh -huh. It's like the one thing everybody has. Everybody knows how to use. Everybody, you know. It's like they, it's totally they normal. It's totally normal. It's a completely normal thing to have, a spear gun. Mm -hmm. So, like, saying that a certain group or a certain ethnicity wouldn't have a spear gun, it's like, what? What's that supposed to mean? You know, it doesn't make any sense, basically. And it's bad police work. You're excluding things because of your own internal inherent biases. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wasn't into that dude at all, this watch through. Um, yeah, I think he sucks, basically. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, and I don't know how it sort of un unfolded on set, but they for sure have to, like, dial back what he actually says, and they voice over oh, it. Oh, they ADR like every every one of his lines for sure, yeah. for sure. He, every one of his lines is either like very blatantly like he's saying different words over right. his original. I would love to go back and maybe like actually wouldn't love to do this, but like try to decipher what the original line of dialogue was, like read his mm -hmm. lips. But they either do that or they're just like shooting him from the back, and he says a line, and you can't tell what he's saying. So right. Yeah, I don't know what his deal was, but not good vibes at all. Mm hmm Yeah, maybe he didn't focus group well, and people were like, oh, he's too harsh. We got to tone it down, and this is what yeah. they landed on. Too harsh, or they're just like, yeah, we're... Wait, was this a rated R movie? I don't think so. A little PG-13? Yeah, Family sure movie. PG-13. Yeah, so maybe they needed to dial it down so they can get under the... Uh, Oh, maybe there's too many F-bombs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Um, there's that's a, there's a, a good lot question. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that um, FBI kitchen scene, right? There's, we got and, potty. And those scenes are the craziest <laughs> scenes in the movie. They're they're actually they're some of my favorite. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like. Yeah. But there's a lot going on, and they're really bonkers. Right. Yeah. We've got potty mouth over here. Mm-hmm. We've got our main guy. Like we picked up a one today. He was like. Um, I always thought he was like, are you going NATO on me? No, no, no. He actually says, are you going native? I was like, whoa. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, okay. Jesus. Also, Bilkins is smoking a full cigar inside. Inside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And listen, as a person who enjoys smoking cigars a lot, Uh I will only smoke outdoors or inside a cigar lounge. That is like purposefully made for smoking inside because there's proper like ventilation, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you smoke a cigar indoors <laughs> without ventilation, like it just the room is just rancid. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you actually can't breathe. It's so cloudy and horrible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a good look. The smoking cigar indoors and like right. yeah, everything is insane in those. <laughs> like the cigarette thing is crazy. The ice cappuccino thing is crazy. Those scenes are the best scenes in the movie for me right. at this point. Like, I know that, like, the casual viewer, to the casual viewer, there's, like, lots of better things in this movie and whatever. There are things of better quality in this movie, but those scenes are the most fun to get to every every time we do this movie because they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. This is just a treasure trove of insane decisions <laughs> that people made. And that some, yeah, those type of things you'll never see in any of the current movies. No. It's no. impossible. No. And it's so never like, made the cut. off the cuff, you know, there's like so, they're so loose, those scenes, like unrehearsed and like off the cuff. And it just seems so weird. And I, I just love them. I love all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. More of that, please. If we could have some like a little bit of like improv in these mm-hmm. movies, that would be, that would be fun. Uh, you got anything else for this week or you want to talk some shout outs? Mm. I guess the last one I have is, does Vince go to jail after this? Because, you know, he's obviously associated with Dom Toretto. They've all established that he's the one that's stealing the DVD players. There's this event here with the truck and he gets, you know, arm is ripped to shreds and he gets the shotgun wound to the chest or the abdomen where Brian O'Connor has to call him a police Helicopter. Helivac, yeah, yeah, to get him out of there. So I would imagine so. Uh, we'll have to pay attention to the dialogue in five because mm-hmm. there is an explainer of what happened to him afterwards that he gives of like, and I can't remember if he says something like, when I got out. That's like my memories. Like when I got out, I spent a lot of time following through Central America. I would have kept going if Maria hadn't saved me. It's mm-hmm. something like that. But I don't know if those words that I just said are exact and as specific as he gets into or if he's just sort of – if he mentions jail or getting out of jail at all. But I think mm-hmm. he does. I think he does. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I like. I know he's free-falling through South America, but for sure at this time, Dom leaves. Like he is on the run. He goes to – doesn't he go to Mexico, Mexico. Yeah, he's straight Mexico. away? Yeah. So in terms of – yeah, in terms of who's chasing down who at this point, like, is the, yeah, it's not like the truck driver is trying to 
like identify is yeah, it's the truck driver trying to identify and sue and lock up Vince, or are they is this all fall into the category of like, hey, if we can't catch the big fish, Dom Toretto, then we got no case here. So Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine like there's repercussions for what you do, and if you're not gonna flip, you're gonna go to jail, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think he probably goes to jail. Because like again, Vince, the most noble and honorable character in this entire series. Clearly didn't flip on Dom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is that, you know. Um, I yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, the whole the one weird thing that I did. You mentioned the truck drivers, though. The one weird thing is like in those little scenes in the FBI office. The reason that they have to hurry up this investigation is so that the truck drivers don't start taking the law into their own hands. They're wor- mm-hmm. like the expediency isn't anything to do with like it's not like the federal government is like you got to catch these guys right now. It's like mm-hmm. we're worried about like an outbreak of vigilante justice from the truck drivers and to prevent that we have to catch these guys quick. It just seems really arbitrary a like reason, you know, like seems like a weird reason to try to like hurry up an investigation and so that like, you know, Mm-hmm. Truck drivers won't start shooting people. Yeah. But I guess it people. happens. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, like a few series back here, that it had to do with the union, um, mm-hmm. like the union of truck drivers, that Maybe. when faced with unworkable conditions, that the it might stop the trucking industry. Oh, I mean, that makes more sense than... To me, the explainer we get in the movie, which mm-hmm. is like they're going to start going, looking around themselves and going for vengeance and start killing people. <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Like the truck drivers are going to get together and go on a murderous rampage. And that's why we have to solve this thing. Really <laughs> yeah. Attacking nice people driving around right. stock black Honda Civics. Right. Right. That would be a problem. General in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, should we talk about some things in our lives that are not a problem? Mm. Should we give some sure shout we outs? Can. We can do some shout outs. Yeah. All right. What do you want to shout out to this week? Um, this one's a quick and easy one for me. Okay. Like, I think over the course of my lifetime, I've eaten a lot of ice cream. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, one ice cream that stands out above all else. Mm-hmm. It's the Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. It's a good ice cream. It's it's the type of flavor that you you wouldn't expect to like, but since the moment I was served Cherry Garcia when I was a kid, yeah, literally no other ice cream flavor has ever tasted better. Wow, and it's That's something you can come back. Yeah, it's something you can come back to, and it is definitely it's always good. incredible. Yeah, I've tried I, gelato. Yeah. I've tried everything. I've tried all these designer Brooklyn ice creams. No, those are always bad. Too yeah. salty. Right. We're always too salty. I don't no know what salt. the fuck. I don't know what the fuck people got in their heads that we all wanted salty ice cream, but we don't. Right. Okay, so mm-hmm. if people in Brooklyn, or people in Newmarket, Auckland, if you could just fucking stop putting salt in your fucking ice cream, it'd be great. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, no, I'm with you. Cherry Garcia is a, a real standby. It's really good. It's a solid. It's a solid contender. I, because I'm a disgusting human baby, have always been a <laughs> fish food kind of guy. You know. 
which is ultimately mm. like a baby ice cream, right? It's an ice cream for babies. Mm-hmm. It's like marshmallow <laughs> fluff and chocolate and fucking like chocolate chunks and stuff. In. Yeah. I love it though. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's so heavy and it's like great. And if I get it, I'm eating the whole pint. I'm just doing oh. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, Ben and Jerry's Jerry Garcia. It's a great name. It's like one of their top names, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? They know how to do it, yeah. Ben and Jerry. Yeah, they really do. That's a name first ice cream, I think. They were like, mm-hmm. we love Jerry Garcia. We love the Grateful Dead. We want to name an ice cream. Cherry Garcia makes sense. Let's concoct a cherry ice cream. And it they nailed it. Legendary. Yeah. All right. So shout out to Cherry Garcia ice cream. Mm-hmm. Solid shout out. I want to shout out. I got a quick one too today. I want to shout out to outside. Yeah. You know, take it for granted sometimes. And uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Right now, these days, I'm getting one, maybe two hours of outside time a day. (gasps) I look forward all day to it. Yeah. Yeah. I am stuck in a hotel room. And uh, outside just fucking rules, man. (laughs) It's just so awesome. So we're we're winter here. Is it mean that summer there? Yeah. In New Zealand? It's nice. Yeah. That'll really turn up the desire to go outside. Totally. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's a beautiful day today, you know, some stratus clouds in the sky, but not nothing bad. And it's like bright blue behind them and Mm -hmm. about to go chill in a gated off parking lot for like an hour. Does anybody in your hotel have like a private patio? No. Yeah. No, no. There's no tiers to the rooms in managed isolation. So mm. you don't, I, I don't even know what room or where, what city I was going to be in for managed isolation mm-hmm. until I landed in Auckland International Airport and they told us. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is like there is scaling of rooms based on family size. So like there's people mm-hmm. here with like a husband, wife and like four kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, fuck that. That's way worse. So <laughs> That's way worse. Their rooms are a little bit bigger and they have a little more of an ensuite just because they need the space for six people in a room you know yeah so that's pretty brutal that's pretty brutal but um yeah i just got a nice little solo room you know it's got a nice bed i I, the room's fine i just like i'm tired of being in it and i'm ready to be outside Mm -hmm. yeah big time yeah well you're real close here so yeah a couple of days man so, uh, and if you want to get closer to us, you can do that at Nolt Podcast on Twitter, N O L T T Podcast. We are No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, patreon.com slash No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. Um, which I'm making the commitment now. We're going to get back to doing our special episodes soon. Yeah. Yeah. We What's on got our time. agenda? I got time. Transporter one. We're gonna do all the J- some Jason Statham movies. We're gonna do Transporter one and two, Mechanic one and two, and there's another one in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and Crank one and two. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm pumped for. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Yeah, six of the most French movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Anyway, so uh, patreon.com slash no one likes to tune with podcast. Look out for some upcoming, which we've been really bad at doing, uh, special episodes. And you can also vote on our in-betweener polls. Um, last episode was Babylon ID. Coming up uh, after this, this cycle, we'll have some other ones that we put up for a poll. So if you want to vote on that, throw us a buck. Um, also rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you catch pods. Do it up. Um, we're out there, man. So uh, shoot us a rating and review. It would be really helpful. It would be really great. And uh, Daryl, I hope you have a good week, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. <laughs>